This is a story that speaks in a very special way to those times when life takes an unexpected turn and God calls you to something new. You leave what is familiar, uh, the church that you love, the home that you have enjoyed, the job that you know. You're off to a new school. You take a new position. You arrive in a new city. There's a whole new chapter of your life. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. And Colin, I believe that some years ago, you and your family went through an experience like that. That's exactly right. Leaving London, where we had lived for 16 years and coming to Chicago, that was quite a change. You know, yeah. when you move, you're moving to a new set of friends, you're moving to a new church, uh, perhaps to a new job, new home. I mean, everything changes. And uh, that isn't an easy experience, entering a whole new chapter of life. And uh, today we're going to look at a story in the Bible where someone who was at a later stage of life, quite elderly, Jacob, was challenged with a whole new chapter of life. And he did not want to go to Egypt. He really didn't. I mean, the family wanted him to move. He didn't want to go. But what we're going to see today is that in God's wonderful kindness, the last season of this man's life became the most fruitful. And you know, if you're struggling with a new chapter of life where things don't just seem to fit and you're thinking, what is God doing? This is not comfortable, this change that's going on. You may also prove in your experience that the new chapter that God is opening for you proves to be one that is wonderfully fruitful, one in which he works faithfully to advance his marvelous purpose in you and through you. That's what we're looking at in the Bible today. So today we're in Genesis chapter 46 and 47 as Colin begins the new message, Kept and Carried. Here's Pastor Colin. Our series is in the life of Joseph. We have seen that Joseph is very, very like Jesus. He is the loved and favored son. He is the one who was humiliated and then is exalted to the highest place, provides all that is needed to save the lives of his people as he feeds them bread during the famine. Then we've been looking at the story of the brothers who are very, very like us. Uh, by nature, uh, we are in the same position as they were. What did they do? They grieved their father and they resisted, resented, even hated the dearly loved son. And we followed the story of how there was a remarkable change in the lives of these brothers. And uh, last time we got to the great point in the story where the brothers are reconciled to the dearly loved son. And um, there is forgiveness and there is reconciliation and there is peace and there is joy. And, and then Joseph says to the brothers, now you must go, now you must tell and you must go particularly to my father and you must tell him this great good news. The, the loved and favored son is alive and he is exalted and he bids you to come to him. That's the message that the brothers had to take back uh, to Joseph, uh, their father. And uh, so today we come to the point in the story where we look at Jacob's journey to come uh, to be reunited with his uh, dearly loved son, Joseph. And today and, and also next week where we'll continue on the last chapter of uh, Jacob's life, we're going to look particularly at the difficult or undesirable journey that this man had to take, the sure foundation that he discovered in his faith in God, and the great joy that came to him through a very unexpected blessing. 
So I hope you have the Bible open in front of you, and we begin in chapter 46 and verse 1, where we read these words. So Israel, that's Jacob, the name that God gave to him, Israel or Jacob, took his journey with all that he had. Now, change is never easy. And uh, Jacob was an old man. His grandfather Abraham had journeyed to Canaan, settled there. Isaac had spent his life in Canaan. Most of Jacob's life had been spent in Canaan. This was everything that was familiar. And now, at this later stage in his life, he's being called to leave everything that is familiar and to move into a new life that is entirely unknown. He's going to Egypt. He has no idea of what lies ahead of him. And obviously, this is not easy. Clearly, this is a story that speaks in a very special way to those times when life takes an unexpected turn and God calls you to something new. You leave what is familiar, uh, the church that you love, the home that you have enjoyed, the job that you know, Uh, You're off to a new school. You take a new position. You arrive in a new city. There's a whole new chapter of your life. And you're leaving what you know, and you're moving into something that is entirely new. You are uprooted. And from now on, you are going to be in another place and another life, and you do not know what that is going to be like. Well, clearly, that is Jacob's position at the beginning of this chapter He is in a major transition of his life. And clearly, there's something very wonderful that's going on here. He's going to meet with Joseph, and that's the most marvelous thing, and he's looking forward for sure to that. But beyond this, the journey was difficult, and what would a life in Egypt actually be like? Very clearly, the Scripture tells us that uh, Jacob had many fears. And we know that from verse 3, because look at what God says to him. Do not be afraid. Well, why would God say that to Jacob? Well, because that's exactly what he was experiencing. What is this new life in Egypt going to be like? What lies now ahead of me? Now, we read then in verse 1 that Israel took his journey with all that he had, and he came to Beersheba. Now, the significance of this place, Beersheba, is, of course, that this was the place where years earlier, God had met in a special way with Jacob's grandfather, Abraham, and then later with his father, Isaac. You have these stories in Genesis 21 and in Genesis 26. So here's Jacob. He goes to Beersheba. He says, everything's changing in my life. If ever there was a time in my life where I really need to meet with God, it's now. And I know that God met with my grandfather at this place, Beersheba, and he met with my father. Perhaps I will go to Beersheba, and perhaps God will meet there with me too. And he goes and he offers sacrifices. In other words, he goes to worship, as we've come to worship here this morning, and what's hungering in his heart, he longs that there should be a fresh encounter with the living God, because with everything that he's facing in his life, he says, that more than anything else is what I need right now. And I want you to see what happens there. We've just looked briefly at this journey. Let's look secondly at the foundation, the unshakable foundation that that he discovers. Verse 2, God spoke to Israel 
in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Now, God spoke to Israel, to Jacob. You know, it's easy when you read words like that in the Bible, you just skip over this as if, you know, that was just happening all the time. It's more than 20 years since anything like this happened in the life of Jacob. Uh, you have to go back to Genesis chapter 35, years before when there was, for any experience that is like this, God spoke to Jacob at the time when Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. But more than 20 years had passed since uh, that time, and uh, these had been years that were marked by great sorrow for the now old man. But here when his life takes an unexpected turn, and he feels his need to come near to God in a whole new way, he comes to Beersheba, he worships, he goes to sleep, and God speaks to him in visions of the night. Now, here's how we apply that to ourselves. God may not speak to you in a vision of the night, but here's the principle that you can be absolutely sure of. If you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. That's James chapter 4 and verse 8. Draw near to me, God says, and I will draw near to you. You come here to church today, you're not sure about what's lying ahead. You feel in your heart a particular need of God. You draw near to him. This is his promise. Jeremiah puts it this way. If you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And this is what happened for Jacob. And it will happen for us as we draw near to the Lord, knowing our need of him. And I want you to see particularly today how it is that God strengthens Jacob when he draws near to face all of the uncertainty in this new chapter that lies ahead of him. Because in visions of the night, what God reveals to Jacob, it, God reveals himself. And Jacob finds strength in who God is. So just looking at what happens here, you can see everything that you need to know about God, especially in times when your life is changing. Here's what you need to know. Number one, God is always the same. You see that in verse four. Jacob, Jacob, I am God, the God of your father. Now, you see the force of that. Jacob, everything in your life is changing right now, but I never change. I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. You're living in a day that's a different day, a different time. Now you're going to be in a different place. You feel that everything around you is changing. Jacob, I am the Lord and I change not. I guarded and kept your grandfather Abraham. I have guarded and kept your father Isaac and I will guard and I will keep you. I was reading in Isaiah and looking at some other verses and then just was struck by this one from Isaiah in chapter 33 and verse 5 where it says, the Lord is exalted and he will be the stability of your times. Isn't that great? The Lord is exalted and he will be the stability of your times. When everything's changing, 
I am the God of your fathers. I am the God and I change not. Second thing you need to know about God in changing times. God is always the same, that God always keeps his promises. Always keeps his promises. Verse 3, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. Now, you read these words, God says, I will make you into a great nation. You say, we've seen that in the Bible somewhere before. What's that? That's the great promise that God gave to Abraham, isn't it? I will make of you a great nation. That's Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. And here God repeats the promise. And that's very significant at this point, because think about it. In all the time since God gave that promise to Abraham, there was not a whole lot of progress that had been made. Think about it. Abraham had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Well, some progress there, except that Esau despised his birthright, didn't want anything to do with the promises of God. Off he goes on his own, no interest in the great promise, and so it's all down to Jacob. So, I mean, think about it. If, you, if Abraham had 10 sons, and Isaac and Jacob the same, then after these three generations, you would be at a thousand, and you would be well on your way towards a great nation, and another few generations, you'd be at a million. But what actually happened after God gave the promise was this. Abraham was one, Isaac was one, and then Esau goes off, and Jacob is one. We're three generations on, zero progress in regards to the promise of God. And that is why in Genesis chapter 35, you have God appearing to Jacob and saying to him, giving the promise again, he says, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations shall come from you, Jacob, and kings shall come from your own body. Hadn't been much progress up to this point, but the promise will be kept. So now Jacob has 12 sons. Ah, now we're making some progress, except think about his experience. 12 sons, and things are going wrong because for 20 years he's believed that Joseph was dead. Simeon's been in the prison. Benjamin, he fears, will be abducted. And now there's a famine that threatens to wipe the entire line out. And so now God appears to him. Again, in a fresh way, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, verse 3. For there I will make you into a great nation. Jacob, I have not forgotten my promise. Egypt is not where you expected to be. This turn in your life is not what you had anticipated for yourself. But I am telling you that I will fulfill my promise to you there. And in Egypt, the great purpose of your life will be fulfilled. And this is extraordinary in the life of Jacob, that the great purpose of God in his life, the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham, takes place not in Canaan, but it actually takes place in Egypt. So that the numbers are given to us in chapter 46 and verse 27, there's a small group of just 70 people, 66 who traveled plus the Joseph family who were already there. Just 70 people go into Egypt. But Numbers chapter 1 and verse 46 tells us that the number who came out of Egypt that was over 600,000 men of the age of 20 and above 
More than 600,000. So if you add the equivalent number of women and an appropriate number of children, you have more than 2 million. 70 go into Egypt, more than 2 million come out of Egypt. There's the fulfillment of the great promise of God to Abraham and renewed to Jacob, I will make of you a great nation. And I'm not going to do it where you thought I'd do it. But I'm going to do it in Egypt. So don't be afraid to go down there. You're listening to Open the Bible with the message Kept and Carried, part of our series Snapshots of a Godly Life. If you ever miss any of our broadcasts, you can always catch up by listening online. Go to our website, that's openthebible.org.uk. There you can stream this or any of the earlier talks, or download an MP3 for free. Also on the website, you can hear Pastor Colin Smith's daily devotionals, read by Sue McLeish. These are just short reflections, just two to three minutes, and they're a great way to start the day. In the message today, we've been hearing about an unshakable foundation, how God always keeps his promises. Let's get back to Pastor Colin. What do you need to know in changing times? That God is always the same, that God always keeps his promises. And then here's the third thing that you need to know, that God is always with you. He is always with you. Look at verse 4. I myself will go down with you to Egypt. I'll go down with you. And I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Now look at this great promise. I will go down with you to Egypt. Jacob, here's what you need to hear from me right now. I will walk with you every step of the way into this new and unfamiliar world. I will be with you. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Don't be afraid to go down into this new chapter of life into which I am leading you. I will be with you. And then God says something fascinating here. And I will also bring you up again. Now, that is a remarkable statement for this reason, that Jacob, of course, died in Egypt. We will see that later in the story. So what does God, who knows the end from the beginning, knows all things that will transpire, what is God referring to? when he says, I will bring you up. Now, it could, of course, be that this refers to the fact that after Jacob died, Joseph carried his body all the way back to Canaan so that his wish could be fulfilled, that his body would be buried with his fathers. But if the reference was to Joseph taking the body of his father back to Canaan, after he died, the verse would naturally say, Joseph will close your eyes. That's what happens when a person dies. And then you will be brought up and buried with your fathers. But I want you to see, if you look closely at verse 4, that the order is different. In fact, it's precisely the opposite way around. God says, I will bring you up. And then he says, Joseph will will close your eyes. 
Now, I believe that um, for that reason, that what we have here is a very wonderful, marvelous Old Testament glimpse into the experience of a believer, Old Testament or new, at the end of life. What is that experience? The New Testament makes it very clear. To be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So here is what God is saying if we put these pieces together. Jacob, you're afraid of what is going to happen in the future. So let me tell you what is going to happen. You're going to go down to Egypt, and I am going to walk with you every step of the way. So don't be afraid. And then the day will come when I will bring you up. You will be away from the body, and you will be at home with the Lord. And when that happens, Joseph will say, oh, dad's gone. And then he will close your eyes. So Jacob, do not be afraid. In life and in death, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And when Joseph closes your eyes, you will already be up here with me. So here, friends, here's the unshakable foundation for the whole of your life. You can face anything with this. God is always the same. He always keeps his promises. He is always with you. He says, I'll go down with you into every new experience and all that's unfamiliar, I will be with you. And when the time comes, I will bring you up. He has everything that relates to your life and your death and your eternal future entirely secure in his hands. What a marvelous thing it is to be a child of God. And Jacob knew something of that, and we know so much more of it this side of the cross. So, a very difficult journey, but an unshakable foundation that is renewed for this man as God ministers to him at this major transition of his life. You've been listening to Pastor Colin Smith on Open the Bible with the message Kept and Carried, part of our series Snapshots of a Godly Life. On our next broadcast, we'll hear about an unexpected blessing, so I do hope you'll join us. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners, and we want to thank you. If you'd like to set up a regular donation to Open the Bible of £5 per month or more, we would love to send you a copy of a book You can trust God with your story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. And Colin, I know this was written by your longtime friends, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth and Robert Walgamuth. Yes, indeed. Uh, Nancy has long been a friend of Karen and myself as her her husband, uh, Robert. And I'm absolutely delighted to be able to offer this book that they've collaborated on together. Nancy is a wonderful and insightful Bible teacher. And Robert is a wonderful writer as well. And in this collaboration, they've brought together a collection of stories from the Bible and also a collection of stories from Christian experience. And what these two together do 
is they draw out how God works in the lives of his children, especially in things we don't understand. It's a wonderfully helpful book for anyone who's saying, what is God doing in my life? What is God doing in the world? It deals with God's providence, and it reminds us that God is the one who writes the story of his children's lives. Find out more, including how to give online at openthebible.org.uk. If you've been blessed by today's message, or if you have any comments or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at openthebible.org.uk. For Colin Smith and Open the Bible, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll join us again next time. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners. For details, go to openthebible.org.uk. You look back on your years with sorrow and regret. You're not alone. Find out who else did. That's next time on Open the Bible.